home improvements, home renovations, home maintenance, home repairs, and all the other challenges of home ownership. Welcome to the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. Salutations and welcome to the podcast. My name is Doug, and I want to start this episode off by addressing a few things from the last episode. I uh, I suppose this could become a regular segment, addressing errors in previous episodes. Well, not errors really, but I do want to provide a little bit of clarification. First of all, I quoted Mama Carlson from WKRP in Cincinnati. It's not the pluses and minuses, but the pluses and pluses if the minuses are played correctly. This is one of my favorite quotes from the show, more so than the infamous, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Or the lesser known, but more appropriate, it's bad luck to take advice from an insane person. What Mama Carlson was referring to was playing losses against profits in business. In her case, the radio station was set up to lose money. I did not intend for that specific notion to apply to what I was talking about. I was actually being a lot more generic. I wasn't talking about gains and losses and real estate values or anything like that. I was simply talking about taking a minus, in this case, a debt, specifically the mortgage, and using that to generate a plus, in this case, investment income. Borrowing money to make money. And that can work if the money you borrow earns more money than the cost of the loan. In other words, play the minus correctly to create a plus. Now, I guess I should take this opportunity to stress once again that we have a few things in our favor. We bought this house just before the value skyrocketed. So even if the value comes back down, we are still in a good position because we already had a lot of equity built up. And we plan to be here for the long haul. I mean, this is it for us. Our next move will likely be to the nursing home or the cemetery. That is why I stressed that you need to talk to your own financial advisor to determine your best investment strategy. Not sure how much that clears things up, but there it is. Anyway, it also occurred to me after releasing the last episode that there might be a little confusion over some of the terminology, as there are differences between Canada and the U.S. when it comes to mortgages. According to Rocket Mortgage in the U.S., your mortgage term is the number of years that you'll pay on your loan before you fully own your home. Now, if I understand that correctly, which may or may not be the case, that means in the U.S., you take out a single loan that you pay down until it is fully paid off. In Canada, we do things a little differently. The length of time to pay down a mortgage is referred to as the amortization. The term is the length of the loan which is typically five years, although you can get a term for up to 10 years. So let's say your original mortgage is 25 years with a five-year term. At the end of that five years, 
your remaining amortization would be 20 years. So at that point, you can choose to renew with the same company, say for another five-year term, or get a mortgage with a different company. You can make a balloon payment or do like we did and refinance, increasing the amount of the mortgage. Now, I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, but the bottom line is that we are taking advantage of low interest rates to consolidate our debts and free up some cash. And that's going to help us grow our savings and investments. And after five years, we can revisit our financial situation and adjust course if necessary. Next up is a conversation that I had with John from azdiyguy.com about HOAs or homeowners associations. I talked to John a couple of months ago, and you can hear that conversation in episode 45. Well, part of that conversation turned to homeowners associations. You see, the first time I came across John's blog many years ago, he had written about an encounter that he had with his HOA, which involved an order to remove a structure from his property in a workmanlike manner. Now, I had never experienced owning a home in an HOA, but I, I knew about them. I had come across news stories about people running afoul of their HOAs by painting their house the wrong color, or putting up Christmas decorations that were too tacky. I had even heard about a local HOA that restricted the number of cars per homeowner to the available garage space. That is, you couldn't have three cars on your property unless you had a three-car garage. And I do believe that all the cars had to be parked in the garage. Now, when it comes to homeowners associations, I've always pictured an older, gray-haired couple in their 60s or 70s walking around the neighborhood with clipboards, measuring the blades of grass, making sure that they weren't too long or cut too short, counting the number of dandelions in the lawn, and making note of the pink geraniums because, you know, in this HOA, we only allow red geraniums. Oh, and yeah, we also observed a skateboard that had been left on the grass beside the driveway. And what's up with the plastic patio chairs on the front porch? Those aren't allowed. Our rules specifically state no plastic furniture visible from the road. And so on. I don't know if my characterization is fair or accurate. It probably isn't. But it's always been my impression of an HOA. And, you know, as a homeowner, no one is going to tell me what I can and can't do on my property. I'll cut my grass as I see fit. The wee guy is spraying for dandelions next week, but, you know, as if that's any of your business. And maybe I like pink geraniums. I've told the kids to put their skateboards and bikes away, and those plastic chairs... Those were on sale at Sam's Club, or was it Costco? And they are a fraction of the price of wood chairs. We really can't afford wood chairs right now. And you know what? You're not going to stop me from being able to sit on my own porch. The idea that these busybodies could nitpick and potentially make my life miserable was always abhorrent to me. My property is my business and no one else's, right? Well, like I said, I've never lived in an HOA, and 
quite frankly, I haven't talked to anyone who has. That is, until now. Over the years, you have received a few, shall we say, friendly letters from your homeowners association. <laughs> right. I, They're friendly, I, I guess. I think, I think there was something about a patio cover, a roof extension or something like that when you first uh, the, the, was already there before you moved in. Yeah. And then more recently, there were separate instances, one involving a tree stump mm-hmm. and another one involving a window air conditioner. Yeah. Yeah, you get you get a letter from the HOA. It's never good. <laughs> Sometimes it's a voting ballot, but usually it's a, "Hey, dear sir, you need to address this in ten days." <laughs> well, first of all, let's, let's explain what an HOA is: uh, homeowners association. Yeah. Now, you must have obviously been informed about the homeowners association when you first bought the house. Yeah, um, it has to be disclosed. It's part of the closing docs and whatnot. Right. It, did they give you a list of guidelines? Is there, what, what kind of document did you get outlining what the rules were? Yeah, there's, there's, a big, there's a big document. That, yeah. And, and it's, and it's reasonable, right? I know there, are, there are some HOAs that are really, really tough, but, uh, and this is the second one I've lived in. So I've owned three houses, two in HOAs. Um, and so, and this is one of the oldest, in fact, I, I almost think it's one of the original HOAs in the, in the country. I mean, from probably formed in the sixties, the late sixties, um, that's kind of the little village within Phoenix that we live in is, is all HOA uh, for the most part. Um, so we knew about it. Yeah. We, we had the rules when we moved in, um, they're common sense. They're not brutal. I've never heard of anybody in our particular HOA having their you know, their home repossessed or anything like that. Um, our house was built in 1979. So it's an older, much more mature HOA, just a track home community. And uh, so they're pretty decent people. They really are. But I get into trouble from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, for me, it's, it's we, we made the decision years ago that we're going to remodel this house and we're going to start on the inside because we spend our time in the inside, right? If you're going to spend money and a ton of time, let's get the place that we spend all our time done first and let the neighbors kind of worry about what the front of the place looks like. So, you know, I get out and do the weeds. I have gotten letters from the HOA that um, I'm a little bit behind on trimming the palm trees, which is a must do at least once a year. Um, Cause they look pretty horrid. Um, but that's kind of about it. I got one years ago about time to paint the house, right? Um, I wasn't, yeah, it needed to be painted, but I wasn't pleased because they sent it to me in July. And you don't paint a house in July in Phoenix. I mean, you pretty much want to go check the mail. That's what you do when you go outside in July in Phoenix. You go look at the mailbox and you move on. Um, I might have been able to get a variance. I was, I was kind of, I, I didn't know. It was real early upon. Um, in our ownership of this house. Right. So we've been here 15 years now. Um, but, but that was probably within the, the second year. So I, I didn't know. Um, I found out later, the one that you described about the, uh, the overhang, it was kind of a, a covered, not quite patio, just sort of the front door had a cover that ran along the side of the house leading up to it that followed the roof line. So it's kind of a, a tunnel. Um, in fact, 
you could you'd, you'd clip your head if you walked out the end. That's how low the roof line got on one side, right? So you'd walk through this tunnel. Had lattice work. Somebody must have had plants in there at one point or another. Um, but it was horrid. It was one of the things that almost made us not buy the house, right? But um, oh, really? So even you didn't like it? No, no. It was it was ugly. It was poorly done. Um, so it was on your list anyway. Yeah, it was on the long term list. I mean, it keeps the rain off your head in a place that we almost never have rain. Um, it's just. I don't know why they chose to do it. And I don't know how they got a whole, uh, uh, got away with it. I, I really don't. I mean, the, the HOA patrols the place. I, mean, I don't know how often every six months or something and take a look around and tell people to take care of stuff. But, um, so it wasn't cool. I mean, it's great on Halloween. My kids love making a spooky tunnel to the front door, right? You know, it's lighted up and, and all that, but, but they send me a letter. Hey, it's gotta be removed in 10 days. And I mean, I, I'd lived here for six years. And and I know because when when I'd, I'd gone to paint the house, I know they knew about it because they have the history of your house in Polaroid photos in a file, right, from, you know, for 20 plus years. And there were pictures in their file of the paint color that showed this thing. And the condition of it told me that it was, I believe it was at least 15 years old before I even bought the house, right? It was weathered you know, underneath. And, um, so they told me I had to tear it off. I called them back to, uh, express my opinion on the subject and, uh, and got it extended again. It was one of those summertime ones. Hey, tear this off in 10 days in the middle of the summer. And I said, look, I bought the house in this condition. I don't think I have to do this. Right. But I'm going to do it anyway. So how about you let me do it in the winter time and we just call it good. And they did. So I waited until, you know, November or something like that when it was gorgeous out and hacked the thing off and, um, yeah, greatly improved the appearance of the house. If you go back to the early blog, you look at this thing and, and just what kind of what kind of person does that on purpose to their own house? I mean, it was just horrible. <laughs> it probably made sense to them at the time. Yeah. But. You know, now we're getting into kind of the disadvantages of an HOA where, yeah. you know, it's, it's my property. I should be able to do what I want on my property. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want a neighbor with a pink house. Right. I mean, I get a certain amount of that, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think I, I always wonder because I come across these articles from time to time, you know, like the rainbow house or the purple house and the neighbors are complaining I don't think, I don't know if there's an HOA involved in those cases or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But my thought is it's not really affecting me on my property. If they are doing what they want on their property, mm -hmm. unless, unless it becomes the sort of tourist attraction, you know, people want to go by and see the goofy rainbow yeah. house. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Unless your house is up for sale. Right. Which, I, which I'm, it's not, but, if you're trying to sell a house next to a monstrosity and I get it, you know, a lot of people are hung up on property values. Yeah. You know? Well, well I mean, my point is one man's monstrosity is another man's art. Yeah. And I, I get that too. I mean, we, we, we lived the, the second house we built uh, was when, when we had lived in Texas for a period and we bought it brand new. We, we had it built and there were two new track subdivisions getting built at the same time. And they both were a good year and a half, two years along. So there are people living in them. One was HOA, one was not. 
we toured them both. They were virtually identical, you know, East Texas brick house, family style ranches. And um, the one that had no HOA looked 10 years older than the one with. They were the same age, but it was the kind of thing, literally cars up on blocks and, you know, unmowed grass up to your waist kind of thing. And just, you know, in, in a, a track home, tight home community, you know, where the houses are 30 feet apart. It's not like being out in the country and having a tire swing in your front yard. You know, it's, it's a suburban setting. And um, that one was like a zombie film. And it was a year and a half old. I mean, it, it was horrible. And the one that we ended up ultimately choosing the HOA, um, it, it needed a pin and uh, got much more uh, value on my, uh, when I sold it. And uh, we were happy the whole time. Now there were some neighbors who did some things and got in trouble. Um, and, and I'm a hundred percent with you. And so one of the, one of the people made a shallow garage so that they, they could bring a, uh, a room out. Right. So they remodeled, put a, drywall across the middle of their garage some neighbor noticed it when the door was open turned them in and they had to tear it out i thought that was ridiculous right why would an hoa have any impact to what somebody does inside the the walls of their garage and why would somebody even turn them in you know it had to do with home value or something i i don't even know how they justified it it was it was ridiculous well you know there's a there's an hoa near where i live I don't know if the HOA still exists. I don't know if the rules still exist, but they were known for having this rule that you couldn't have more cars than garage space. You had to have garage space for your vehicles. You know, so if you had a two car garage, you could only own two cars with the expectation, of course, that you would be parking your cars in the garage. And when you look down the street, you're not going to see cars parked in the driveway. Mm, Yeah. There's some around here. Ours isn't like that, but there are some that are like, there, there are some around here that uh, you you can't park in your driveway at all overnight. You have to have all cars off off the driveway, off the street, and everything. Uh, right. That's not ours. Um, my son parks in the street in front of my house. Right. I got a I got a kid living at home that drives. He's got to get to college. What am I going to do with that? But yeah, I wouldn't buy in a situation like that. Plus, I like to have a workshop in my garage. <laughs> as much as my wife would love to park indoors, she never has. <laughs> I, I'm relegated. That's that's my little that's my space is the garage. <laughs> uh, Got to share laundry out there, but still, I, there's no cars in there. Yeah. So uh, it seemed to me that HOAs are mostly concerned with the outward appearance of the house, the curb appeal, what basically what the neighbors are looking at. Yeah. How much are they involved with inside the house? In my current HOA. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, that was the only experience where I became aware of it was, you know, 15 years ago in Texas. Um, I, I haven't heard of anything here. Um, I had a neighbor that was doing some external add-ons and whatnot, and I don't know whether he got turned into the building commission or whether it was the HOA that stopped him. Um, so so I, I don't really know, but that was still externally viewable, right? It was in his backyard, but somebody could see over the fence that something was happening. Um, I haven't heard anything in my current HOA at all about true interior work, something not visible. Most of the CCNRs with, uh, something covenants and restrictions. That's the rule book you get the telephone book of rules. Um, most of that has to do with exterior or visible from the exterior. There are a few things I believe, um, one I kind of ran close into, 
but um, it's mostly exterior stuff. Mostly from my understanding and my current situation is they roll past in a car, right? Um, paint color, that awning thing, trim the palm trees. And uh, there was um, my, I had an issue with an air conditioning unit and I had um, a stump, right? A stump in the front yard that they, they made me get rid of. And I know a couple of their neighbors have that same thing, have a tree chopped down. You got to get rid of the stump, right? Uh, I, like I said, I've never dealt with an HOA situation before. So, um, how thick is this rule book of which you speak? <laughs> I, I've seen them in various, I mean, it's probably a quarter inch or quarter to a half inch of thick of single sided paper. And, um, I, I even ran into it where they made changes and I had no idea, right? I bought the house in 2005 and I ran afoul of something that had changed in 2011 and I didn't know, right. It, it, I had my originals and they sent me the, the change and uh, I didn't know I wasn't allowed to do that. And so they, uh, yeah, they, they had the right to enforce it. Right. Uh, so we elect these board members and they have the allow the, the ability to make changes and they did. And uh, so we got to follow it. Yeah. So once again, the advantages, Everyone's house is kept up, at least on the outside. You have the, um, the outward appearance, the, the curb appeal. Makes the whole neighborhood look nice. That helps elevate your own house with your property values. Yeah. The, the downside is, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. Now, now that we talk about it, I don't know how much of a downside it is to get that kick in the butt to take care of your own place. Yeah. In general, that's a good idea, right? But, but you, you do hear horror stories, right, where... People are battling about you can't have a satellite dish. I think that's been overturned in, in America anyway. I think you have the right to a satellite. Um, I, I don't know about solar. I think some places may still not allow solar. Or um, Oh, yeah, that's know. something I didn't consider. Yeah, I mean, I know one of the ones in mine, you can't raise uh, farm animals, right? I don't want to, but I can't raise chickens or goats or, you know, cows in my backyard, right? Um so, and I don't want a rooster in the neighbor's yard at, you know, sun up. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Right. Well, that, that usually comes down to zoning, right? It could, be- it could be also in the zoning, right? I, I am within the city of Phoenix, uh, city limits. So there are, there's, uh, city rules and, uh, regulations and stuff too. But I, I know it's in my CCNRs too, specifically. And it was in Texas and I was in a very rural, rural area of Texas, but a neighborhood. So let's get back to your example of the overhang. Yeah. You got the notice saying that you need to take care of this in 10 days. I, I believe the wording was in a workmanlike manner. I think that's right. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering if you hadn't taken care of that within the 10 days that they specified. Of course, you, get, you did get the extension, but let's say they didn't give the extension and said, no, we're sticking to the 10 days. Yeah. What happens on day 11? Uh, I'm pretty sure a car rolls by with a camera and they take pictures or thereabouts. I mean, I know I've, I've, I haven't technically missed a deadline. I had something done where, um, I needed, I needed somebody to come by. I think I had my, Oh, I had my, I had my palm trees trimmed. So I got a letter saying, get your palm trees trimmed within 10 days. There are a, a few on my property that have exceeded my ability to safely DIY it. Right at the top of an extension ladder with a pole saw, I can't do it. And I am not of the age anymore where I'm willing to climb a 
you know, a palm tree. That's <laughs> just a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. And I've already hurt myself trimming palm trees. Uh, so, so anyway, I, uh, I hire a guy, right. I got a, a guy and he's busy. And, um, so I must, he did come on the 10th day or the 11th day or something like that. But when they rolled by to double check, it wasn't done. And so it got done. But then a couple of days later, I got a second friendly reminder and, uh, that one uh, was still friendly and, Hey, you need to get this done. I don't remember how many days they gave me to, to follow up on the, on the second reminder, but that one did include uh, some legal language about next steps. Right. You know, so they would, uh, I think they'd be taking me to court or fining me or something like that. And I'd be covering their expenditures. So um, you get these things done, <laughs> you get these things done. Yeah. So they had the ability to set fines. Yeah. Yeah, they can do that. But I'm, I, I, but I've worked with them. Uh, you know, I worked with them on paint color and I worked with them on the extension. And, uh, and in, an, in another case, I called. I asked for a lot of documentation. I asked a bunch of questions. Uh, this is regarding an air conditioning unit. Um, they're very friendly people, very accommodating. If you need more time, I'm sure you can get it, right? But if, if they told me to do something that I could do, but I had a broken arm, I'm sure they would allow me my arm to heal, right? They're reasonable people in my location. I don't have any complaints really. Um, I'm not pleased with some of the rules. I don't agree with them. I, I, I doesn't matter though, just like anything, you don't agree with everything. Um, and I don't agree with the timing somewhat. I mean, um, the one I mentioned about a tree stump, right? It's almost like the tree hit the ground and somebody noticed and I got a letter. <laughs> I mean, it didn't even get a chance to dry out. Uh, you know, I wanted to use that stump rock stuff and you know kind of let it loosen up for a few months or something it was a couple inches off the ground that was it and i got a letter get it out right i wasn't really planning on working on a tree stump in the summer again in the summer <laughs> so what did you do about that I, I know you posted about this it's on your blog but what yeah. did you do about the uh, the tree stump what did you end up doing i ended up using the stump grinder i ended up okay. grinding i tried a bunch of stuff i tried to patch it and drilling holes. I did put that stump rot stuff in at one point, I believe. Um, but I didn't have enough time. And, uh, I, I was going to use a grinder and a drill and a sawzall. It was, it was a palm tree and they're, and they're like sponges. You just, I mean, you sink an ax into it and the ax just goes in and comes right back out and it's like self healing. Right. It just, <laughs> there was no chopping that thing up. So I, I went to the, to the big box and loaded, a one of those kind of like walk behind, um, grinders it looks like a big rototiller and uh yeah. yeah i mean it took more time to go get it th and then than to do it um it was really the the trick was yeah i had to rent it you know so there's a little bit of money there and then i needed a second able-bodied person to lift it in and out of the truck with me so luckily i planned ahead and you know had a boy 20 years ago so but, <laughs> yeah i saw it coming so i planned 20 years ahead and had a strapping young lad to help me uh, lift that thing out and uh, grind it out. And, you know, five minutes gone, bury it, bury the hole. Um, so yeah, something I wouldn't have rather done that day, but it's gone. Don't have a stump. I'm going to trip over getting out of the car, you know, that kind of thing. So really no complaints. Yeah. Once again, that kick in the butt thing. Yeah. I mean, I would have been doing something else. A friendly. Yeah. Kick in the friendly. Butt. <laughs> yeah. Friendly reminder. Well, you know, it, t it gets stuff taken care of. Yeah, it does. It does. And 
I'm guilty there. You know, I'll get lost in a little side project or sitting with my feet up. <laughs> I'll, I'll get lost and things just sort of don't get done, right? And so it gets the heck done when you got um, some incentive behind it. I would like to thank John for sharing some of his experiences and offering his insights with homeowners associations. As I said, I've always considered the negative aspects of having that additional layer of oversight and bureaucracy without considering the positives. And there is no shortage of HOA-related horror stories. There are plenty of them on the internet, and it can definitely be a rabbit hole. And, you know, if John ever runs afoul of his HOA in the future, I did find lawyers in Phoenix specializing in representing homeowners involved in HOA disputes. But I also looked into the question of increased property values within HOAs. And while I came across several articles that appeared to contradict that claim, I also found this on Wikipedia. According to a 2019 study in the Journal of Labor Economics, houses in HOAs have prices that are on average at least 4% or $13,500 greater than observably similar houses outside of HOAs. And we do have John's own observations corroborating that. So I guess that means that you can expect to pay more for a house in an HOA, but by the very nature of it being in an HOA, you can probably expect it to retain that additional value. So what conclusion can we draw? I guess it comes down to the kind of homeowner you are. If you place a high priority on maintaining your property and expect others around you to have similar standards then belonging to an HOA is probably going to be a positive thing. But if you're the kind of homeowner who believes in absolute freedom, who doesn't like oversight and bureaucracy when it comes to what you can do with your property, then you're probably more likely going to clash with your HOA. And somewhere in between is the homeowner who is simply lazy or busy who wants to take better care of their home, but, you know, other priorities get in the way. In that case, an HOA might just provide the kick in the butt that's needed. So, at the end of the day, if you're buying a house in an HOA, you need to be aware of the CCNRs, the Covenants, Conditions, and Restrictions that you will be subject to before you make an offer. And make sure that the R's aren't too restrictive for you, that you will be able to live within the guidelines. And, of course, you need to carefully weigh the advantages and disadvantages of that particular HOA because not all HOAs are created equal. Once again, I want to thank John for joining me. You can find his website at azdiyguy.com. And there you will find the links to all of his social media. 
As for me, my website is thumbandhammer.com, and you will also find me on Twitter at thumbandhammer. Thank you very much for listening. I will be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, cheers. <laughs>